All right. The teaching today is why God allowed you to get beat up. All right. And everybody said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've heard of Job? Yeah. All was going well with Job. The Bible said he had it all. He had a large family. He was wealthy. He had blessings of every kind ima imaginable. And at that time, Job may have been the richest man on the face of the earth. Now think of this. The richest guy that lived. Okay? Now look at Job chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man, the wealthiest man among all the people of the East. Now, you, you, you just, you wrap your head around that for a second. These are not just numbers. I want you to picture this, okay? We think it's a big deal to own a dog. <laughs> if you own two dogs, it's huge. Yeah. You saw the numbers here in the thousands. Yeah. 3,000 camels. What kind of water did this guy have to take care of, okay? Amazing. Even, the Bible says, even the devil acknowledged the blessing and the favor on Job's life. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Job 1, Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. <clears throat> even Satan acknowledged that everything Job touched turned to gold. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like many people, Job lost <coughs> everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. The sheep died, the oxen died, the camels died, his servants <laughs> died. And the Bible says that through a, uh, what was it, a tornado? <coughs> Excuse me, all his sons and daughters died. Wow. Yeah. He lost all his children. Yeah. Wow. You think of the trauma when you lose one child. What if you had 10 kids and they were all killed? Wow. Wow. The, the, the devastation this man, the trauma this man went through. Mm -hmm. wow. When Job's friends tried to console him, they blamed him for his own troubles, inferring that he must have sinned in order for all these trials to come upon him. Yeah. So that's great. So now you're devastated. You, you, you can't even think straight. You, you're the poster child of PTSD. <laughs> your life is in the toilet, and then all your best friends sit down and they say, what do you do to deserve this? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because God is just and God loves people. So if your life is going horrible, if you're getting beat up, what, what happened? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When you see <clears throat> someone suffering, do you assume that there must be sin in their life? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. Wow. Now listen to me, folks who've been in church for a long time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> When you see someone suffering, do you assume that there must be sin in their life? Suffering is not always a result of sin, as we're going to see with Job, and there's even a higher purpose to suffering if we look for it. Many people see this as a stumbling block for Christianity, and they ask why God allows suffering. Okay? Here's your takeaway at the beginning of this quick teaching. Instead of asking why, maybe we should be asking what? Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
What is God up to? Yeah. What is he trying to develop and mature in us? What is he getting us ready for in the next chapter of our lives that is going to be stupendous? Because like the refiner's fire, God often uses suffering to produce righteous character in us and set us up for a greater revelation of Jesus and a greater promotion in the kingdom of God. Now, I, I wish that wasn't the case, but if you just look at nature, that's the way it is. The, the stories of how little birds have to peck their way out of the shells, and if they don't, they're not strong enough to survive. You know, yeah, right. you, you force feed your kid vegetables, not M&Ms. You, you don't have to force them to have cakes and desserts, right? <clears throat> Unfortunately, that's the way of life. That's the way it is. And many times when God is about to birth into us the next chapter, there's all kinds of pressure. There's all kinds of problems. There's all kinds of issues. Job probably in the whole Bible was the epitome of this kind of suffering, yeah. uh, of getting beat up. Right. And the, the problem is, is that we know that God is sovereign. God allows or doesn't allow things. So when you get beat up, the truth is God allowed it. Because yes. mm -hmm. he could have stopped it. Sure. Right, right. Isaiah 43 and verse 1, the Bible says, Listen to the Lord who created you. The one who formed you says. Now here's a quote from God. Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name and you are mine. Mm -hmm. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Mm -hmm. When you go, not if you go. Yeah. You are going to go through some deep waters. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Yeah. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. Right. The flames will not consume you. Right. Others were given in, in exchange for you, and I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You were honored, and I love you. Mm -hmm. So this is crazy. Yeah. First, God says, you are going to go through deep waters. You are going to go through rivers of difficulty. You are going to walk through the fire of oppression. You're going to go through all this stuff in life. That is just the way life is, okay? We don't need to say, why is this? We just need to then say, what will you do with the fact that you've said that I'm precious, honored, and you love me? Right, yeah. What is the purpose? What's going to come out of this? Mm -hmm. Once we have passed through times of testing, there is always a reward. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. You don't pass ninth grade and go back to sixth grade. Yeah. You, you, you don't pass certain levels at your career and then go backwards. Right. Right. When you go through tests and you pass those tests, by the way, you, you technically can't flunk tests. You just keep going through them over and over and over. <laughs> <coughs> it's, it's like the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> you just repeat the test over and over and over until you pass. <laughs> so you, n you never have to worry about that. Oh, God, I've flunked this test. He just smiles and says, you'll take it again Tuesday. <coughs> There's always going to be a promotion, though. There's going to be an enlargement of wisdom and character and authority and your sphere of influence. That's good. So <clears throat> let's look at Job now, chapter 42. He's been through his trauma. He's been beat up. He's, he's, he's had a rough time. Job 42 and verse 10. I, I've edited down verses 10 through 17. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his prosperity Hallelujah. and doubled yeah. his previous possessions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. So the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the earlier. Wow. He now owned 14,000 sheep. 
14,000. 6,000 camels. 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven more sons and three more daughters. <coughs> everything, <coughs> excuse me, everything literally doubled. Yep. Wow. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, you know, we see the head count on the animals, which is times two, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking the other day when I was studying this, I thought, well, he now has seven sons and three daughters that didn't double. But then when you realize the first 10 kids are in heaven, mm -hmm. yeah. then they doubled. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. good. Because now he's not only got the 10 in front of him, he's got the 10 in heaven. He's, he, yeah. he's going to get those back too one day. Yeah. That's, good. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. And <clears throat> the Bible points out something kind of cool. The Bible takes the time to list his daughter's names. Mm -hmm. um, women weren't the highest priority in Bible days. So when, when women are uh, brought to the forefront of a story, there's a reason, yeah. okay? The, the Bible says he named his first daughter Jemamiah, mm -hmm. his second Keziah, I, I may be pronouncing these all wrong, it <laughs> doesn't matter, it could, could be Lucy and Betty, I don't know. <laughs> and his third Karen Huppuk. No women as beautiful as Job's daughters could be found in all the land. And their father, now the father does something that never happened in the Bible. He granted them an inheritance with their brothers. Never happened. Why Job do that? Probably because he had so much stinking stuff to give away. He had such prosperity, he had such abundance. He was so grateful. Job lived 140 years after this and saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. Yeah. Then Job died old and full of days. <clears throat> that phrase in Hebrew, old and full of days, means he wasn't laying in bed with cancer. Right. He didn't have a stroke. He wasn't blind and deaf. It, it meant <clears throat> he laid down and went to sleep and woke up in heaven. <laughs> Let me break this down real quickly. These last few verses I read to you. Fourth generation means Job, his kids, his grandkids, and his great-grandkids. Now, before he got beat up, he had ten kids. After he gets beat up and he learns lessons, he experiences whatever God wanted him to experience, and he responded correctly to the beating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay? This, this is important stuff. Right. You're going to get beat up. Can you respond correctly to the beating? Mm -hmm. Then the Bible said he ended up seeing his great-grandkids. Mm -hmm. How amazing is that? Yeah. I want to see my great-grandkids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. So good. Mm. Wow. He the Bible specifically names the daughters. And so I thought, well, maybe there's a little something in the naming of these daughters because the Bible bothered to say it. He didn't, it, it didn't just say he had three more daughters. Mm -hmm. Jemimiah means <clears throat> affectionate dove. Mm -hmm. That tells you that that daughter was probably somebody that snuggled up on his shoulder when they were... Yeah. Whatever, not watching TV, whatever they did in those days. Um, <clears throat> they're sitting there on the couch not watching TV, and she would snuggle up. She was an affectionate dove. Mm -hmm. Kaziah comes from a root word, kasia, 
Cassia bark was stripped off a specific tree and it was used in making anointing oil and it had the aroma of cinnamon. So his second daughter, in effect, he named the anointing oil. Wow. Wow. Good. And the third daughter, Karen Hepuk, is from two words. One meant a, a hollowed out horn used to two. The other word meant cosmetics to beautify a lady. Mm -hmm. So in effect, he named his third daughter a beautiful, beautiful young lady. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Think of this. Every time those three young ladies came into the, to the room, he forgot his past. Yeah. All he could smell was the aroma, the anointing, the cinnamon, mm -hmm. the, the affection of his daughter, the, the, the beauty of his other daughter. All, all, all these circumstances, I believe, heal his heart from when he got beat up. Right, right. <clears throat> That's what God intends to do for you. Yeah. <clears throat> after Job's trauma, after your trauma, yeah. Yeah. after the betrayal, after your health scare, yeah. after the bankruptcy, yeah. after the addiction, yeah. after the rejection, after the divorce, right. after the disability, yeah. after the firing, yeah. after your humiliation. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Right. Job had a new chapter, and so will you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look for it. Look for it. Look for it. You know, there, there's a lot of fatalism in the body of Christ today. Um, that that saying that I hate. It is what it is. That is such an unbiblical saying. There is no such thing as it is what it is. The Bible says, by faith and by patience, you inherit promises. So if God has given you a promise, like Job, that after the beating, after the trauma, after the difficulties, that you're going to receive double, there's going to be a payback, then it's then you get it, not by passivity, not by fatalism, you get that by faith and by patience. Right, right. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 64 and 4. <clears throat> Since before time began, no one has ever imagined, <clears throat> I've got allergies this morning, forgive me. No one has ever imagined, nor ear heard, nor eye seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. Amen. Are you waiting for God? Mm -hmm. yes. <clears throat> that waiting is not passive. That waiting is active. Mm -hmm. That waiting is you wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do the best I can today with what I've got. Yeah. That waiting is choosing to have a positive attitude. That, right. that waiting is choosing to uh, believe for health. If you've been sick over and over and over and over, you just right. say, you know what? The Bible says it's available, that healing is the bread of the saints, and I, I, I'm just not going to give up on this. If your family members have fallen away from the Lord and they've gotten cold, you say, I'm, I'm not giving up on this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep praying and believing, not nagging. Right. Not attacking, right. not harassing. I'm just going to keep praying and believing and loving them and trust that God's going to turn this thing around. Job and you will end up much better off than in the beginning because you went through the beating. Mm -hmm. yeah. He had considerably more than when he began his suffering, and so will you. Mm -hmm. So let that sink in. Yes. Instead of asking why, ask what. Mm -hmm. If you've been beat up, 
you've recently gone through a difficulty, then <clears throat> stop with the whys. Whys tend to make us whiners. Yep. When I say, why did this happen to me? Why do I have to go through this? <laughs> why, why am I stuck with this situation? <clears throat> you never usually ask why questions with faith and, and a positive attitude. <clears throat> but when you ask what, what's God up to? Yeah. That's good. What's he doing? That's good. Yeah. That's why, good. why did he choose to allow me to go through that difficult, yeah. mm. difficult situation? <clears throat> Think about Satan orchestrating the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The devil is not omniscient, which means all-knowing. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. He's not. So you think about the fact that Satan orchestrated killing Jesus. He thought he was killing the Son of God. He thought he was dooming mankind forever. In fact, he was providing salvation for all people in every generation whomever wanted to receive it. It's put this way in 1 Corinthians 2.8. The rulers of this world have not understood it, meaning the crucifixion. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, I've read lots of commentaries on 1 Corinthians 2.8. Some people say the rulers of this world referred to Pontius Pilate and, and you know, uh, King Herod, all those people. They would have never done this if they understood that they were actually liberating all of mankind. I read other commentaries and they say they're talking about the demon world. Uh, principalities and powers in, in, the, in the demon world would have never provoked uh, this crucifixion if they understood the, the outcome of it. Does it matter? <laughs> Does it matter if we're talking about a, a demon named Satan or if we're talking about a king named Herod? Does, it doesn't matter. The, the Bible just says they would have never killed him if they knew the outcome. Yeah. And listen, the devil would have never beat on you. Mm-hmm. if he knew the outcome. Yeah. We give the devil way too much credit. We think he can see into our futures. That isn't true. Right. The devil cannot see into our futures. Mm-hmm. So when the devil whips up on you and beats you and hurts you and, and puts you through something horrible and difficult, and, and we kind of have it in our mind, you know, oh, what am I going to do now? The, the fact is, he has no clue what the outcome of you successfully going through this fight. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to go through it. Though I go through the valley of the shadow of the death, go through it. Don't build a house there. (laughs) During World War II, there was a Japanese admiral named Yamamoto, and he was the one that ordered the attack in 1941 on Pearl Harbor. This is his famous quote. I fear all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant yeah. and fill him with a terrible resolve. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yamamoto was smart enough that he could see just a little bit down the road and he said, mm-hmm. you know what, we have poked the eye of the greatest military power and the most industrious people on the planet. Yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right. It, could that be said of you? Mm. Mm. When you? When you go through something just wrong, horrible, unfair, unjust, evil, ugly, demonic, could it be said of you, devil, you have no idea what you just awakened in me. Right. Mm. 
You thought I was going to roll over and die? You thought I was going to go into, into a closet and hang myself? You thought I was going to just give up? You thought I'd just lose my faith? You thought I would just walk away and put my hands in my pockets and say, oh, well, I gave it my best. Now, now I don't care anymore. This is not being prideful. You need to have, we need to have that same attitude that Job had that Yamamoto saw in the American people. And we need to say to ourselves and we need to say to the devil, you have no idea what you just awoken in me. Something just woke up. There's a resolve. You, you think I'm going to be broke because you took away money last year? Oh, no. Oh, no. I've got 40 more years on this planet. That's good. That's good. Some people quit tithing because they've tithed for a while and they didn't win the, 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 the sweepstakes. They didn't win the lottery. And they say, well, what good is this? S seriously? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> your tithe is really important. Oh, yeah. Your offering is crucial mm -hmm. to your response after being beat up. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know what happened to me recently? This was like two years ago, maybe. God put in my heart, he said, I want you to pray for people that have cheated me, God, cheated me out of tithes and offerings for five years. Mm -hmm. He specifically gave me the number five. He said, you pray for people that have cheated me for five years and not gave any tithes or offerings for five years. And so I started to pray for those people. And I said, are they in trouble? Mm -hmm. They've been cheating God for five years and, and doing well, getting a good paycheck and being taken care of. Are they in trouble? I'm telling you, this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, no, they're not in trouble. They have capped the blessing that I'm trying to give to them. Mm. When you run into the right person that's been doing this, they've been cheating God, you don't threaten them. Oh, the Bible says, you, you don't do all that. You, you just, you find the opportunity where you can say, you know what? By you not giving to God, you have dammed up the flow of the blessing that God prepared for you. And the Lord said, you pray that these people will not just begin to tithe, but that they're going to sit down and write a check for the last five years, that they've calculated everything that they stole from the God of all, all creation. Okay? Now listen. As soon as I began to pray that in earnest, you know what happened to me? Out of the blue, I get a tax bill for a property, an investment property I owned, and they said, you owe five years of back taxes. I said, is this the way this is supposed to work? Um, I thought we were moving forward with the, the whole five-year thing. And then I get beat up when I, when I prayed obediently about a five-year... Uh, yeah. Restoration, turnaround. And, 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 then, and then all of a sudden you get slammed. Mm -hmm. And uh, so to the best of my faith and to the best of my ability, I did exactly what Job did. Mm -hmm. I just said, you know what, God? I have, I have had to heard you correctly because it was not a coincidence that it was five years that I got attacked for the taxes. It wasn't, I, I mean, the numbers... Right. The, co the coincidence is crazy. Mm -hmm. So we went to God and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we went back to the, uh, the tax people and they said, okay, we'll forgive that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now let me ask you, how many government people forgive taxes? 
<laughs> and, it, and it was unjust. Um, I paid my taxes very faithfully. I wasn't trying to rob the government of, of what I owed. Yeah. It's just that all of a sudden they said, oops, we decided you owe more than we had been billing you. Well, I've been paying what you billed me. How, how can I be dishonest about this? So they forgave the debt. And God said, no, you continue to pray that. And you may be watching right now, and you've been uh, messing around for five years and not paying up mm. what you know God gave you abundance and prosperity, and the word of the Lord to you is, pay it up, because when you do, you're going to lift the lid. Man. How do we turn this around? How does this awaken the sleeping giant of the spirit that we have within us? Mm -hmm. Have you been attacked on the internet? Mm -hmm. By haters? By porn? Mm -hmm. Then use the internet against the devil. Go start doing what you saw Micah do, I hope. Uh, go on his Facebook page. Start doing what you see me doing. Go on the internet and use this tool and turn it against the devil. Mm -hmm. Have you had financial setbacks? Then sow your tithes and your offerings generously. Yes. 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 Come on, don't mess around with this stuff. Just, just give it to God happily and thankfully, and you don't have to put the pastor under your thumb and say, I want an accounting for every place you spent my $18.49. You, you just you give it over to God and say, do what you want. I, I'm, I'm sowing this to you because you can't throw it up in the air and it gets caught. You, there's a human vehicle for this. You sow it to your church or to your man or woman of God. Yeah. 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 Have you suffered rejection? Then reach out and love people. Come on. And love God. Yeah. And let people yeah. into your life to love you again. Yeah, that's, right. that's good. Romans 8:18 says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. Hallelujah. Re yeah. Reveal there literally means you take the cover off. Yes. God's going to take the cover off some of your lives in this next chapter, and, and he's going to reveal, here's why I let you get beat up. Yeah. And it'll be an eternal aha, and it'll be awesome. Romans 5.3 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Yeah, yeah. Some versions don't use endurance, they use the word patience. Patience literally means to be cheerful or hopeful, not crabby and fearful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Enduring, patient, patiently waiting. Mm. When you have to wait, you don't wait with anger. You, you don't wait with an ulcer. Mm -hmm. That's good. We can even learn to thank our enemies for freeing us of all of our fears, our own self-importance. Mm -hmm. We become free of having to live with shame over our past and our weaknesses as we embrace the only one whose love and acceptance matters. You know what? That's part of why we got beat up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is so that the um, the opinion of other people become less important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. Not that you don't love other people more, but it's just that you don't live for their opinion anymore. Yeah. If they like you, you're happy, and if they don't like you, you're happy. Mm -hmm. You just decide, you know what? I'm doing the best I can, and if I've let you down, sorry. And if 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 you think I'm great, thanks. If you think I'm awful, sorry. Mm -hmm. And um, you just get your focus on Jesus. Yeah. This is this is one of the reasons I hate to say it, but this is one of the reasons God lets us get beat up. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Can you start thanking your enemies? Mm -hmm. How they freed you? Yeah. When you've been knocked down good and hard, you become grateful and aware of all the life and love and blessings around you now. Yeah. That old myopic view of life before a trauma is gone forever mm -hmm. because life is not all about me anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Those of you battered by hands of abuse will now have hands that heal. Mm -hmm. wow. Those who were verbally abused can become mouthpieces to the hopeless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's all about Jesus and how he is using a broken... Oh, listen. It's all about Jesus and how he is using a broken and rebuilt person to show his love to broken and not yet rebuilt people. That's good. That's very good. Why did God allow you to get beat up? Because he intends for you to partner with him to change your world. That's right. And he trusted you. Like Job, he trusted you to go through something traumatic and awful. He trusted you on purpose because not the devil and not you, but God. He sees into your next chapter and he says, this is going to be so amazing that I have, to, I have to put you through some rough training. Sorry. I'm going to put you through some rough stuff. But when it's all over, like Job, you're going to say, I've got double. Double the confidence, double the joy, double the finances, double the health, double the appreciation. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen.